Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to today's show. I'm super excited to be with you today. This is a a a, a, a sensitive, <laughs> uh, critical topic that we're going to be talking with. I got my good friend Jamie Winship with me today. We're going to have a discussion, and and I just want to uh, just kind of preface some things uh, that um, that I want us to really um, really seek to understand each other in a healthy way, in a, in a, in a kingdom way, uh, and. Um, couple of things that, that I want to help people understand as well is that, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and I honestly, um, I told Jamie yesterday that I kind of waited to send him a text. Um, if you know who I am, I normally don't really get into all of this stuff, but um, I can't be silent. And um, I want you to understand my heart. I've got a lot of white friends, a lot of Asian friends, Hispanic friends. I've got a lot of friends. Um, but this um, coming to this topic today um, has um, really I couldn't sleep last night, to be very honest. And um, um, it's it's a big deal for me. Uh, and so I want to really help us understand. And we're just going to have a conversation. And and a lot of people are commenting. We'll comment on this. I won't answer any comments today. I just want to have a conversation with my good friend. And so a couple of things that that. Um, no, I asked Jamie to come on is, is um, I trust him and um, his fruit and he has a heart of gold. And we um, people have said, you got to meet Jamie. They were saying the same thing about me to him. And and uh, we just connected and, and him and his wife are just incredible, incredible kingdom minded folks. That I love and have a heart and respect. And so um, what a great heart to, to have a conversation with um, this incredible friend of mine and your friend. And uh, so real quick, um, let me bring him on. Let's, let's introduce my friend, Jamie Winship. Jamie, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like everyone else, I'm, you know, I'm sad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a big deal. And Jamie, I, I just, um, you know, let, let's pray real quick. Let's, okay, let's yeah. start off this prayer. And uh, so father, we just uh, thank you for this time. I thank you for, this opportunity for us to have this discussion in light of everything that is going on in our world. We ask Holy Spirit that you would lead this conversation and that you would uh, just give us the grace uh, and give us strategy and teach us God today in this moment. Lord, what do you want us to know about when it comes to race and power and what do you want us to know? And what do you want us to do? You know, all things, Father. And we submit to you this morning. We thank you. We bless you. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's a quote that I want to share with you guys. It's, I mean, you've heard it several times by Martin Luther King. It says, I have a dream that my four, children, four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And it's so powerful. And then there's this one that just rocks my world. And I'm going to. And I'm, I'm emotional today, and, and so I'm going to try to hold back a lot of this stuff. But um, it's by Nelson Mandela. It says, as I walk out the doors towards the gate that would lead me lead to my freedom, I know if I don't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'll still be in prison. Wow. And that is so powerful. Mm. I'm going to tell you, my friends, we are still in prison in some areas. We still have that deep down, deep down inside. So with that being said, Jamie, let's discuss. Let's talk, my friend. Wow. 
it's <laughs> so excuse me yeah yeah well it's uh so um you know I, there's a lot obviously going on and and um i just want to say what I was praying, you know, as I know a lot of people that are people of faith are praying. And um, <clears throat> I was asking God kind of what you just prayed there, Clyde. It's what the believers in Acts prayed when they were under persecution. Uh, they prayed that God would show them what he wanted them to know and what he wanted them to do. And they were filled with power. And so um you know, with this situation and this, and, you know, I, I want to say like, this isn't something new that's happening. This is, you know, this kind of um, discrimination and racism has been going on for forever. So, uh, so anyway, I was praying about it and I was asking God, what, tell me how to think about this. Like what, you know, I want to know what I need to know and what I need to do. And, and my very first sense was to lament, like to, yeah cry to grieve um because uh if we don't grieve something and lament something it means it's not going to die <laughs> we're, yeah, we're yeah. hopefully the grieving and lamenting is because this system that allows for what's happened is going to die mm -hmm. and can move to the new way the the transformed way that we just pray is coming and that's you know so so that that was my emotion was lament and weep um, that the lies that support things that can happen to people in our country like George like Ahmad um, the lie that allows that to go on is going to die yeah that the tr it'll be replaced by what's true and what brings freedom so that was that was my <clears throat> original emotion and then the, like. So Lord, what what would you have me do? And what I don't want to do is use cliches. I I don't want to minimize. Uh, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I I want to uh, I want to uh, you know have a, a talk with my friend um, Clyde and as brothers and talk about what do we do? What can we do in the scenario that we're in? Like what yeah. can we do. Like, what's our action step? And my grit, my big fear is that this will happen, this will all occur and all this turmoil and everything, and it'll, you know, slowly subside. And then we won't do anything different. Like, right. that is my great fear. And then it'll happen again and it'll continue to happen. Um, and as, as many um, in the Black community have said rightfully, this is nothing new. Right. This just happened to be caught. Um, and so so we used to say, you know, if you it, when I was a police officer, if you stop a person that's been drinking um, and they say, yeah, I've had two drinks, it means they've had seven. And this isn't the first time they've done this. Like this, right. this right. is a problem yeah. that's building for a long time and you're just now hitting it. So, like, I don't want to, like. Uh, de-escalate this in any way, in any wrong way. This is a real problem. It's been going on for hundreds of years. It's a problem with humanity at large, for sure. And so, I don't want to minimize it, but I do want to. I do want to be part of doing something about it, like long-term doing something about it. What can I do? What can we do? Um, starting now, 
admittedly way too late, but starting now that actually will bring systemic transformation. Like yeah. what, that's my question. Yeah. Uh, even as, cause I know a lot of people in this scenario feel overwhelmed and powerless and you know what it's so big and it's such an awful problem and it's so deeply rooted what can we do so that's that's what i thought you know maybe you and i could talk about and so and my again because i'm a believer i'm a follower of christ i mean i go back to jesus first like, yeah. so and, and when you go back to jesus like there's one person you know basically building a small group in a, in a system that's so unbelievably oppressive um you know killing his jewish people every day in the, lining them down the streets um and using coercive power to run the state so there's jesus comes into that system and he models how to overcome that system and what he's overcoming is not just a system he's overcoming a lie Think this yeah. is where yeah. we gotta go. We gotta go there. Yes. We go to the lie that allows this kind of system to go on. To go on with the complicity of Christians. Like that, like that's a that's important to note. Um and um and so so like if we can just go that road a little bit. So uh so I'm a white male over 50. Um uh, I know who my ancestors are. I know where I'm from. And um, and this isn't a new thing for me. This is something I've been, I'm actually writing a novel about it that I've been working on for more than a year, but on this very issue. And it, it involves police and the black community and justice and identity and all those, all those issues that we're so confused on. But um, so one of the in researching for the book, I, one of my big questions to myself was, and this is the point I want to get to in a minute, is how how can a, a society of people, and I'm talking mainly now the South, what or, or in the early United U.S. and then even further back when we get to like colonialization and all of that, um, how can in the South in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s 1900s, whatever, that are reading the Bible every day. They're having quiet times, I guess, every day. They're praying. They're singing songs about Jesus. And, um, and you know, they're going to die for their faith and win the world and all that. Have slaves. Like, how in the world is that possible? Mm -hmm. How? What kind of... Dis delusion deception has to be going on in the mind of a person to be able to spend any time in the bible and then go out and make another person work for you for free for your economic benefit right like right right so as a white person if i'm not willing not just to say it's wrong it was wrong but it was how, how was it so biblically allowable that then the white community was willing to take up arms and go to war to keep it, to maintain it? And, you know, you, you can blame it, you know, it's northern aggression and 
federalism and all of that, you know, it's the, the federalism against states' rights and all of that kind of thing. But really, come on, when we get down to it, <laughs> I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And I will, and, and if I want to subjugate a people group and I can justify it with my religion, I don't want you in here changing it. So that that's my, that's like, I've been like, where, how did we get to that? Was it just a bunch of mean people that got together and said, let's just, let's just do this. It, 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 that's like too quick. It had to be this slow lie that gets introduced at a certain level and then it gets accepted and it grows and spreads and goes and spreads until the, until generations are like, oh, this is just right. I mean, this is, it's just the way it is. The norm. Yeah. And the people subjugated even start to uh, believe that this is the norm. Like that, you know, and they start to view themselves as less than somebody else. Now, that sounds, you know, like that's how is that possible? But I can tell you right now that when I'm talking to young people, they're comparing themselves to other people. That's what they're doing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So when I say, well, who are you comparing yourself to? They're comparing themselves to some famous person or rich person or beautiful person. And they're in their mind, they're, be believing the lie that I am less than that person. Unless I can get up to their level, I am less than that person, right? So mm -hmm. there's a lie. So my identity doesn't come from who I am deep in my own heart because of God. It comes from what another person says about me. That's right. And I and I have to in some way like go along with it in some sense, but but uh, and so so you have this lie that's in there and the privileged group are the ones that get to determine what the lie is. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm white and I'm in charge and I'm deciding what the narrative is going to be. And here's the narrative. You are less than me. You have less value than me. And and. Um, and so and, and I, am, I need to get my religion to agree to this lie. I need to be able to manipulate the Bible to get it to justify this lie. That way I can that way I can dehumanize the person and then I can do whatever I want. So th so this is to me this is the great um, challenge of the white community is to tell the truth is to tell the truth. Let's just stop yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. So, so I'm only, I, I'm only, I can only speak for myself. That's all I can do in, in this conversation. So, um, and Clyde, you and I have talked about this before and we were talking about it last night. So th this is, this is what I feel like I can do to help bring transformation to this, this, there's no excuse for any of this. There's right. no excuse for what happened to George. There's no there's no defense of any of this. There's no defense for racism. There's no defense for any of it. Any time spent defending it, justifying it, bad mouthing people that are reacting again is just an absolute waste of time. I don't want to get into any of that part of it. Um it, it, it's interesting to me that when I'm watching the news and all of this, this is how pe this is how people are described. There's the looters. Mm -hmm. There's rioters there's the police 
there's no human beings involved in this, right? It's just group naming other groups that aren't human, right? Dehumanizing it. And there's the lie. There's the lie. It's the lie that that human, that person is. So, so when I go back to, to the Bible and like help God help us, um, there's a there's this is the passage and last night as as i was praying and lamenting and like god i need to be able to act in ways monday tuesday wednesday when everything's okay that doesn't allow this to happen not when it all blows up but and so the the passage that keeps coming to my mind is first the whole actually the whole book but first john first john and the reason first John comes to my mind, I'm pretty sure is because it's about brotherhood or community or fellowship. Yes. And, and I think it, I think it gives an answer to what happens, assuming that humans are going to turn against each other because we believe the lie um, that uh, that we that the goal of my life is to self protect and self promote. There it is, Jamie, right there. That's how I was raised. Uh, you know, it's not like my parents were sitting me down, going, "You have to self protect and self promote." This is the lie of humanity: is that that we're in a world uh, that has limited resources. This is our. It's called the scarcity model economics. We're in a scarcity model world where there's limited stuff mm-hmm. and so your goal in this life is to get as much of that stuff as you can and here's who's going to help you nobody That's right, right. So you're all alone and you're in a competition um to secure your piece of the limited resources at the expense of anyone else there, mm-hmm. there's the human lie there's not enough you're on your own and if you can get a team together to help you win, that's even better. But it's, but it's got to be your team. It can't be – we're not going to share this thing. It's your team that's got to win this thing. And so we start building these systems that are built on scarcity. And so in a scarcity model, nobody can win. That's right. Yeah, no one wins in there. No winner. Um, and so this is Genesis 1 and Genesis 3. You know, we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah. World and says, "There's enough here for everybody. Here's your responsibility. Here's 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 what you are to do in the world: live in relationship to me, God. Live in relationship to one another. Never get alone and be isolated. That's the danger. Don't get alone and isolated. Stay yep. together. Stay in fellowship. Go out there, manage it, protect it, live in harmony with it. Stay away from that one." tree the one and that tree is there for you to say i have enough i don't need that right if i wish as people could say i have enough i don't need that then there's enough for everybody right but no i have a 17 room house and then i'm going to show my 17 room house to make everyone else on the planet wish they had that right come on and you're never going to get it you're never going to get it, but I'm going to hold it in your face as the standard, right? Mm-hmm. 
so Genesis one is like, go out there. There's, it's not a competition. It's a fellowship. It's relationship. Love the planet, love one another, love God, be in relationship with the Trinity. Look at that tree and go, I don't need that tree. God's given me everything I need. I don't need anything else. I have enough rest. It's built on rest um, like that. But no, 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 no. Human Humanity looks at that tree along with the enemy and the enemy says, you need that tree. And God's not going to give you that tree. And so you got it, it. You're on your own on this one. But if you had that tree, you would be like God. So we know this story. And so then humanity switches from there's enough. We can all rejoice together. We can share everything together to no, that's not true. There's something you don't have and you need to get it. How? By self-promoting and self-protecting. Yeah. God's out of the picture. It's just me and the liar together. And we're going to go get it on our own. And as soon as we do to do it, and this is the key, we have to separate. Yeah. We have to separate from our true self, from God, from our partner. We have to separate, become an isolated self-protecting, self-promoting individual that's bent on their own good. There it is. There it is. And so here we have these two options of the world. Abundance, enough. We should be we should we should rest. We should be at rest. We should work from rest. Everything should be done from rest and like hey, everyone's welcome. We're all in this together. There's more than enough. Two, there's not more than enough. There's only a limited resource. My team's got to get it. We're the right team. We're the best team. God's not really involved in it unless it's to our advantage, right? Mm -hmm. We'll bring yeah. God in to justify what I'm doing. Other than that, you know, there's no real relationship. Uh, and and so and so we and then we start believing this lie. And okay, well then then what about that person over there? And then you have Cain and Abel. Yeah. Then you have Cain and Abel, right? And there they are. They're not brothers. They're not brothers. They're mm -hmm. in competition with one another. And Abel's not in competition, but Cain is, right? And so Cain is comparing himself to Abel, and, and he's doing this comparison thing, and it's causing turmoil in him. And God likes him better than me. There, there we go. God's not, there's not enough God. There's got to be my God and your God, and the God that's for mm -hmm. me is against you and that kind of thing. And so then you know, the, the, then the, the Lord's like, where's your brother? And Cain has to be able to say this in his mind. That is not my brother. He has to say that first before he can kill him. He can't kill his brother. So it has to not be his brother. And now I can kill him. So it, you have to get to the lie that that person is less than me. They're not as important as me. I'm important. They're not important. Yeah, that's good. They're no longer human. Why? So it's to my advantage because it's a competition and I'm taking them out of the competition. Man, when I'm at these seminars on business practices and it's all about being the best, you know, you know, Man. being the life, uh, you know, we're going to beat everybody else. And it's this giant competition. Yeah. And who wins? The you know, the privileged win. They win all the time. That's all. There's, it's not really a competition, honestly. So anyway, that's back. So 
God comes to Cain and he says this really interesting thing before the homicide occurs, before the murder occurs. You can't, you can't kneel on the neck of another person. Come on. Unity, unless that person's not human. Like, like you can't get to that place unless the dehumanization has been going on gradually until it's at that level. Mm -hmm. And we don't stop it. We just like, well, whatever, you know, they're not in my neighborhood. So, and so it's like when you're, you're in the Holocaust museum in Jerusalem and you're looking at, they have this thing to children that were gassed and they have photographs of the German guards standing outside the crematorium as they're just running these kids and it, a close-up of the face of the German soldier, his that person is dead. That person is dead. Yeah. They they're beyond racist. They're as humans, they are dead. How can you stand there, you know, and and be a part of that and be a, a human? You can't. It's it's the whole thing is inhuman or not human. So God comes to Cain and he says to Cain. Cain, what are you so upset about? What are mm-hmm. you so mad about? Like, why are you so why is you why are you so downcast? You're, Cain's trying to bring an offering to God, mad. You know, first it's mm-hmm. like I'll bring you an offering, but <laughs> you know, it's like it's yeah. things wrong. And it, it, it like in the Hebrew, it doesn't say God doesn't like Cain's sacrifice. It says he can't see it. He doesn't see it. Why? Because Cain's coming in a false identity. Mm. You, you can bring all the offerings to God you want, but if you're dehumanizing people during the week, what do you think God's happy with your amazing, because you're a millionaire giving tons of money to projects? Like he can't see it. He has no regard for it is what it says. And, and yeah. Cain knows it. And so he says to Cain, just do what is right. Just do what is correct, what is righteous, upright. Do as you ought, he says. As you, as you, as a human, in your true identity, as a true human ought to do, just do that and everything will be fine. That's, that, that's how simple he says it. But then he warns them and he says, but don't forget this. Sin is crouching at your door. Separate yeah. the lie is waiting for you it's right there waiting for you to have its way with you what's the way that abel is less than you that he's not important that this is about this is about you winning it's not about brotherhood and all that stuff it's way that lies waiting for you you must master it god's not like i'm going to come in here and fix it so you don't feel that way it's not what he says you Cain, you, you, Jamie, white male, you must master this lie. You, don't blame anybody. That's right. Come on. You, and and that's what God says to him. He can't, you know, if you're a Christian, a believer, Cain has one of the best quiet times in the Bible. He has a quiet time where he is in a direct dialogue with God. And what, and Cain still looks at God and says, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not participating in your love for Abel. I'm not going to do it. That's what he says. Do we do that? Yes. 
Yes, that's what we're doing. We have to be doing that for this kind of thing to happen in our country for hundreds of years. We have to be able to sit with God and go, I'm not participating in your love for them. Not doing it. And, and, and Cain walks away. And then now he can kill his brother because his brother's not his brother anymore. Right? So the whole thing to me in that, all of that, the warnings in that are so great and so deep. It's deeper than, you know, is that person Asian or black or what? It's, that is your brother. That's the word. Right. Not what do they look like or it's, that is another, that is a person that you're supposed to be living in harmony with sharing the enough of this. We're not even close to that system in any way. in any way. So, so uh, it's like if, you know, when I'm, well, we'll get to that in a second. So, so here we are. So here I am. Um, (laughs) And and the warning to God is do not, do not separate from me. Do not separate from me. This is the word sin to separate, to to miss mark of who you're supposed to be. In order to separate from God, we must separate from ourselves as well. And we also must separate from our brother. That's the we separate from God. You're separate from yourself. You're now separate from your brother. brother. Yeah. Everyone, sister, partner, all of it. You're now separate. Now, here's what matters in your life. You. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Nobody you else. your own reference point. That's right. And this is sin. It's not. Sin is way before moral breakdown. It's way before now we're just going to build a system that isolates out marginalized people and exploits them. This is this is the beginning of getting to that system. Right. And so it's not an excuse. This is the biggest indictment I know how for humans to face is is this. I refuse to tell the truth. That's that's I refuse to tell the truth. And this is the truth. I think I am better than you, whoever the you is. I think I am more important than you. And my family is more important than your family. Now, who believes this? We all believe this. Mm -hmm. But I happen to be on a team that runs the show. So our families are more important than your families on this much bigger level right? Because we're in charge. So we can decide who's valuable and who's not valuable. So we have to be able to tell the truth. So uh, coming back to 1 John. So 1 John is assuming the fellowship has been destroyed, right? It's gone. Mm -hmm. gone. Jesus comes to to, uh, bring us back into fellowship with the Father through his death, you know, and then we can talk forever about that. But so back into fellowship by the sacrificial death of the of the king, the master who came to serve us. Listen to that example. Mm. I didn't come to be served by you. I came to serve you. That's what our master anointed one says to us. I came here to serve you. Yeah. How can you go out and build a culture that makes people serve you? How is that possible if I'm your Lord? 
it can't be possible. We have to separate from Jesus. We have his rule book. We have his, but, but we don't have him. We had to get rid of him because he's troubling. Then we have to love our enemies and all of this. So we, so, so yeah, we don't like that. But so Jesus comes, he restores the fellowship. And then th this is the passage in first John to me, that's the way back. This is first John one, nine, you know, I memorized it growing up as a little kid, yes. but yes, not in the right way. I don't think, but here's what it says. If, if I'll start with eight. If we say we have no sin, if we say we have not separated from God and ourselves and our brother, if we if we haven't done that, we are liars. Yeah. Like, so can I say, am I willing to get in front of God? If for my, I can only speak for myself and my limited range of, of where, but I, can I, am I willing to get in front of God and say, I am separate. I am separate from you. I am separate from myself and I am clearly separate from other people. Mm. Because if you say you're not, you're a liar. Yeah. A pretty heavy statement. And Christians want to just turn this into like, well, I didn't commit adultery. Right. Like I, I'm institutional racism, but I didn't commit adultery. So I'm not with, I don't have any separateness in me. That is, I haven't missed the mark. Mm -hmm. Our yeah. whole, our whole culture has missed the mark and in the culture that's missed the mark. So how can you say we haven't missed the mark? Like, I think we've made a lot of progress in civil rights. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, are you kidding me? If you say that and you think that's right and what are we done? You're a liar. You're a liar. Uh, so that's a pretty, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And this is what's not in us. Truth. Truth. Yeah. And truth is the only thing that sets humanity free is truth. Not rules, not laws. None of it. Truth. Tell the truth. What's the truth? And then he keeps going. If, if we will confess, here's the way out. First, we got to admit. So if we will confess. So what does confess mean? Does it mean I, I, I say you're sorry? You know, to, you go to a, a, a group you've marginalized and humiliated and, all, you know, subjugated and all that and go, yeah, we're sorry. We're really sorry about that. Is that what confess means? That is not what confess means. It does not mean that. Jesus is not walking around telling people to tell him they're sorry. Right. He's saying, I need you to tell the truth. I'm inviting you to tell the truth about what you really believe, about yourself, about God, about other people. Say it. He's, yeah. he's and, and people that tell the truth, he's a liberator to them. People that won't tell the truth, Pharisees, Sadducees, Romans, He's their worst nightmare. They got to get rid of him. We have to. We have to crucify him. We have to get rid of him. We love his virgin birth. Thank you. We love that he died, so I can go to heaven. The rest of it, I don't really want to talk about it. Right. So that's we don't want to talk about love your enemies and the Sermon on the Mount, and because then that means I got to go tell the truth all the time. You know, empty. I serve other people. Really. What's our? That's the example of Jesus. Serve what other people? all other people. Mm -hmm. Paul even says it. 
I became to the weak, I became weak to the, you know, I became yeah. anything I needed to become in order to serve them. That's what he mm-hmm. said. In order that some might be one, but, but through serving. So if we confess our separateness, so this, if we tell the truth about the places in our life where we have separated ourselves from ourselves, from God, from others, if we'll do that, tell the truth. So confession means truth tell. That's what it means. Truth tell. Tell the truth. If I'm a police officer and I and I won't tell the truth about what I think about some of the people in the area where I work, I'm a liar. I, I need to tell the truth. If I can tell the truth, if I will tell the truth, then we have a chance of this. If we confess our sins, if we will tell the truth about, yeah, Lord, search me and know me, David says, search me and reveal me wicked way in me not i'm not going to tell you you tell me because i will lie i will i will cover it i will say well you know i might not like them but uh you know i try and be a good person like that we that's not the point is tell the truth and the best thing is to do is to look in the mirror with jesus and say you tell me what i think you tell me what i believe and i will confess i will agree with what you say about what is true in me that is hard to do for people. It's It terrifies people to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. If we'll do that, if we'll do that, he, this is what he will do. He is faithful and just to forgive. Here's what forgive means. It doesn't mean like, that's okay. He doesn't, he won't, that's not it. That's okay. Don't worry about that. That's okay. I died for you. It's okay. No, forgive means to cancel the effect Right. Of your separateness to cancel the effect of your separateness. Why? In order that to confess you, he is faithful and just to forgive you, to cancel all the effects of your missing the mark, falling short, and cleanse us, remove everything that's not right. Why? In order for us to be right, to make it right. Yep. Right? That's right. So the so the process. I'll just say this, and I, I'm sorry. No, you are man. We're so discussing the process is here is is this very beautiful sacred process that Jesus gives to us, and it's confession, truth tell leads to repentance. Confession leads to repentance. This is what I hear white people saying about repentance: just repent for the past. Just. Yeah. Same thing as saying, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about that. I wasn't involved in it, but I'm really sorry that my, you know, that's not what repentance is. Repentance is changing everything about the way you think about things and going in the new way. To stand up and say, I'm really sorry. We're really sorry. Let's get back to work on Monday. You know, this is the, this has got to be the frustration level of people who are, victimized is like oh you're all sorry okay good well and then it just keeps on going and then the next event comes and you know and then it explodes and we're, we're all so surprised the, the white community we're, we're shocked what is this haven't we made great strides have you even thought about it no <laughs> but we assume something's happening we said we were sorry like that repentance is a dramatic change of mind the kingdom has come the, the time is at hand the kingdom is here repent Change the way you think about everything and believe and go in the new direction. The new direction. 
We've been going this way. It's killing all of us. Let's tell the truth. Yeah, we're gonna tell the truth. This way is wrong. It's hurtful. People are being marginalized. People are being excluded. People are dying. We don't care about it. We have to tell the truth. Now we have a chance. Now we can say this is the wrong way. What's the new way? The kingdom is the new way. We Let's turn and go the new way. Truth tell leads to mind change. It can't make mind change, but it can allow for mind change. That's right. And mind change allow metanoia, mind change allows for metamorphe, form change, structure change, system change. We're, we're trying to change systems with no change of mind, no change of heart. We're just going to change a system without anyone in the system being transformed. It, and, we, and we can't figure out why it doesn't work. So I have a bunch of I have a bunch of people that think they're better than other people. I'm going to put them in a new system. What's going to change? Nothing's going to change. Nothing changes. They they're better than everybody else. Or you have people that think they're not as good as other people. That's another lie. I'm not as good as you. I'm not as smart as you. You went to Harvard. I went to community college. I'm less than you. Our culture teaches this all of the time. There's them and there's you, right? Not to minimize anything that's going on. I'm just saying the whole system just subjugates people. And the ruling class makes the rules on, on who's the winner and who's going to be, you know, bottom. And so if we will confess that, if we will tell the truth about that, he is faith. God is faithful and just to, to um, cancel cancel the effects that kind of lie has on me to cancel it, to take the power of it away, to separate me from that lie and cleanse us and release us into what is right. What is righteous? What is upright? What is good? And, and do what is, do the right thing. You can't, you can't read your Bible and tell me this is the right thing. You can't. That's right. You can't. You can't. You have to be a liar, right? So, um, so that's that's kind of my take on it. So, how how does it start? It starts right here with me, right here with me. Okay, God, tell me the tell me say the truth about what I really believe about other people, black, other people, um, and j just imagine. Even just if a small number of, and I'm speaking for the white community, we're doing this mm -hmm. and, and separate, being separate, canceled, forgiven, released of the lie that we believe so deeply we can't even tell. We can't even tell. The way I know is if someone says, oh, Jamie, you're wrestling with white privilege and I want to defend myself, that, there it is. Why? What, do you, why? what am I defending myself against? Like, tell the truth. That's it. Tell the, Are you the ruling class? Yes. Is there advantage to that? Yes. Are there other people that aren't in that advantage? Yes. Why would I try and defend that like it's okay? Unless I'm participating in the lie, I'm complicit with the lie, right? Like that. So, and I, let me just say one other thing about that because- No, dude, you're good. Start with me. I'm starting with myself. Okay, what can I do? Okay, so I'm going to try and- I want to be part of it being made right, upright, righteous, the system, the whole thing. So what can I do? So so there are things I can do in my true identity with Christ, with the Holy Spirit saying, 
what do you want me to do? Tell me, tell me the next steps on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday when, when everything's not in turmoil, like, let's don't wait for that. Let's be building this so we can not have it happen again. So I, I was a police officer. So what can I do in the police sphere? Like there, there you go. I, I, I can write a book. I know how to write. I, okay. There you go. Like let's attack the lie. Let's get, let's, let's call out people to speak what's true, not to accuse, to speak what's true. And then let's turn and walk in the new way and change the system. Confession, yeah. repentance, transformation. To me, that's the way to go. And st- like any excuses at this ever is a waste of time. It's a waste right. of time. It's self-defense, it's self-promotion. Um, any trying to make this reduced down to some simple, ridiculous cliche is also a waste of time. Let's tell the truth. I I can tell the truth for myself. Let's tell the truth and let's move move in the new way. I mean, there's so there's so many. You know, when we're when we're our our system of government is built. Our 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 marketplace system is built on the idea of we make money off people being in debt. Like, what kind of system is this? <laughs> How can you come up with a system where we need you to be in debt so we can make money? We, like, that system has to have victims in it. Like, mm-hmm. it has to have people in debt that are in debt forever. So they're paying forever. Jesus came to cancel debts. Christian business people make money off of debt by creating debt. How do you read your Bible and come up with that? You, there has to be some break. There has to be some justification. Well, that's okay. You know, it's okay for us because that's the way the system is. Yeah, but you're not the one in debt. You're not the one buried in the debt, in the school debt, in the, you know, you didn't have to pay a debt. You didn't have to incur a debt. That's great for you. But I, I have to borrow fifty thousand dollars to get a degree from a from a not even a great university. <laughs> but that's okay because you you have you have responsibility. You know that this whole so it's like that whole thing is like what? Yeah, we have to come back and uh, and tell the truth. Is like why am I participating in a system that makes money off the debt of other people? Why am I in a system that will take care of one group of people and not another? How do I justify that? As a follower of Jesus, how, how can I justify that? I'll tell you, the only way we can do it is by never thinking about it. That's how we do it. Just I'm just not thinking about it. And I think that's what God is saying to Cain. Like, let's take a look. Let's take a deep look inside your heart for a second. And let's mm-hmm. see what's going on there. And you tell me, what is your problem? Right. Like, so I don't know. That's a lot. But no, it's, 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 I mean, you hit, you hit some great sh- great points and some good nuggets. And I will tell you, um, you know, been black, a black man, 42 years old, born and raised in, in my skin. Um, there's a lot of things that I'll be very honest. And when we talk about truth, we talked about this yesterday and truth telling. And, and after I got off the phone with you, I'm thinking, okay, God, this is really challenging me. This is really telling the truth and and you know across the board i have great friends from all different cultures and um and in really praying last night and praying this morning 
and, and just really asking God, what do you want me to know what I'm going to do in this scenario that we're in right now? He just says, I want you to be true in your true identity and don't be afraid to be the voice, you know, um, uh, and, 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 and your experience. And um, many people, um, you know, talk to my wife and, 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 you know, and talking to our kids. And so, Jamie, when we look at this, what we got going on, um, our world is, is, you know, this cycle happens all the time. You hit it right on the head. Number one is, is when a big incident happens, there's this protest. There's all these things that happen. People talk. Churches have get a little voice. They do uh, podcasts. They do things like we're doing. And then all of a sudden it settles down. And then it goes back up again and it settles down. And at some point, like you said, the, when you broke down First John 1 9, there's a change that comes. There, we, we have an opportunity right now to change something, to change it, and to really walk in it. Um, and so for many of you, let me help you understand that growing up as an, a little boy in Portland, the first time that I experienced been called the N-word blatantly. And, and after being called the N-word, um, the boy, i never forget it. The guy told me, little boy, I will lynch you. I will hang you. You will never be anything. And then raised in a public school and been told you will never have a good education because you're retarded and you can't spell, you can't read, and and you are lower than that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's in here still, and 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 constantly battling with, am I good enough? And am I, am I going to be able to accomplish anything in life? And so, raised in that environment, and even been in the police department and seeing certain things, and. I mean, you know, you know, in the systems, in this world, we have, there's, you know, let me just say it this way. Every white person is not bad. Let me, let me make that very clear. Every black person is not bad. Every Asian is not bad. Every Hispanic, they're not bad. There's a few that, that makes a bad, but everyone is not bad. And so I remember my mom telling me, when she told me that, she said, son, every, everyone that you see in this life, because we had to be taught, I'm sending you to a school where it's predominantly white, because I want you to have a good education. But what you're going to experience in that is that you're going to be told about your skin color. Don't let that affect you. But it's hard to not let something affect you when you've been told, I will kill you. You're, 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 you're the, the N-word, you're a monkey. And, 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 and then been picked out of a crowd when in school where the, 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 when the kids um, in high school, when the kids set a fire in the bathroom and been picked out and said, you meant to fit the description, come with me. And they take me to the teacher and the teacher's like, that's not him. It was a white person. And, and not saying sorry or forgive us or, or anything is just, you have these memories that are so ingrained. And then when we look in today's society, seeing all that we're seeing, and even in church culture, even in church, going to speak in different arenas and different places, is there's the underlying current of, well, we're bringing you in because you can do this, or we're bringing you in because you do that. And, um, and it's been hurtful. It's been very hurtful. And I've never said it publicly. I'm telling you now, it's been hurtful. 
and all I can do is many times just pray for people and uh, and love, but we have to have a voice in, in this time and season. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, just praying and reading through all the things that we're seeing is, and it's so true, um, I had an interview the other day um, of, of a white pastor and a black pastor, and 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 the bad pastor said, the black pastor said, it's amazing that people will invite me into their world. My white friends will invite me into their world to speak and to do. But if I have an event, they will make an excuse that they can't come mm. or it's in the hood. Mm. And see what my friends don't understand is that we also, you hit it, hit, hit it right there too, Jamie, is that we also classify, well, you have a bigger church, you have a smaller church. Your church is not effective. I've heard that so much. Mm-hmm. I've heard it so much. Like, oh, you're 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 in the you're in the you're in the inner city, and we're afraid to we're afraid to go over there. We're we're we now you're, you're man. Won't you just close your church down and just come with us and just? I mean, I've heard that so much. Not understanding that, man. Maybe God's called me to that area. Maybe you know our people need that. And so when we are at today, uh, man, my heart is, is, is I lamented myself uh, and, and just saying, OK, God, we have had this discussion and I'm having it with Jamie today. And he just says, you tell the truth. And, and, and guys, here's the key. If you're listening to this and I know there's a lot of people listening, you know, comments, uh, um, things that Jamie said, things that I'm saying, you may not like them, but at the end of the day, we have to address those issues and, 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 and we have to walk through this process of it. How do we, how do we get there? Jamie said it right. It's truth telling. Truth telling is the leading to freedom. Truth telling is the healing. Truth telling is the repentance. And, and, and many people say, I want to go repent. I want to go downtown. I want to go repent for the nation. No, it, it starts in the heart. Now, granted, you know, in the African-American community, what we're seeing right now are people are deeply wounded. This is deep wounds. I'm telling you, this is so deep wounds. It is so deep. Uh, and, um, and and no one will really fully understand the deep wounds unless you go to, you know, like Jamie and I are talking and say, I need to help me. Let's talk. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a black man but I can take responsibility for something. I take responsibility for how we treat it. I mean, there's, man, I'll tell you, there's times I'm afraid to go in certain places because I'm thinking, what are they going to think about me? And, and what are they, what are they going to respond to me? How they're going to respond to me? And um, the sad part, and Jamie, I want to ask some questions here is the sad part is that um, these last couple of days is to look at my son and daughter who's 11 and 13 and to talk to them about what we're seeing in our culture right now, and especially right now in the demonstrations, and to explain to them, because they attend a predominantly white school, and to explain to them race and, 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 and people separating and isolating and, and what do they think about it, and, and really be honest with them. I mean, I go to bed each night, the last several nights I've gone to bed just thinking like, man, I have to prepare my kids because I, I gotta keep them safe. But I also wanna make sure that they understand that because of your color, you're gonna be judged. Yep. Because of your color, yep. 
you're, you're not going to, you, you, they don't see that you're going to be, can get an education because of your color. You may be told that, uh, that, uh, um, that you uh, will get a, you know, a job at, making $10 an hour because of all these things. And, and to, to really help them say, uh, you got to work harder than the other person does. That's you're going right. to have to work harder. That's right. Yep. You're going to have to work harder and you're going to have to work. And, and, and here's the key, my friends. It is very true that, and Jamie, we were talking yesterday. He said, Clyde, we have white privileges. I get, we, we've had white privileges. And, and so Jamie with this is let's help them. People are hoping they're like, what do we do? Like, okay, we hear what you're saying, but now what do we do? And you said some key, I mean, this is confession right now. This is truth telling, but now we need to say we can start changing this conversation. Let me help you guys. This conversation is not going to solve any solve, but it's going to open the doors. It's starting the discussion and in a healthy kingdom way. And I want you to understand that this is kingdom way. Uh, and I will tell you that I, I told Jamie this yesterday, I struggled sending my friend a text saying, Hey, would you mind doing a podcast with me? And I'm going to be very honest. I'm going to be so honest. I got to thinking, what are my black friends going to say when I ha- talk with uh, and my buddy who's white? Mm-hmm. What are my wife, what are my black buddies going to say? Or or why are you not interviewing a white guy, a black guy about this issue? Uh, and, and so I struggle with that. And then, and then what are people going to think? <laughs> and then, um, and then I just had to really take a moment and stop and say, okay, Clyde, that's, that's not you. What is God call you? Right. You need to be a voice right. and you need to talk. And you need to answer this call. Jamie said this some time ago when we were doing this with these guys. And Jamie said, Clyde, I prayed for a guy like you for seven years. And I'm thinking, why me? And he began to explain. And then he said, you can cross the aisles. You can cross this. You you can cross this. You can be the voice. And I'm thinking, but it's got to be you and your true self. And, and that stuck on and that came up in my spirit. And so I pushed, after I wrote the text out, I mean, I waited for maybe 10, 20 minutes to really push the send button. And sure enough, once I pushed the send button, my buddy texts me back and says, sure, let's, let's talk. And, and, um, and I felt comfortable because um, reconciliation, hear me clearly, reconciliation starts in the heart, starts with you. And, and, and I may be the black guy and he's the white guy. But we have to reconcile first within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then once we do that, then we can come to the table and talk. And when we talk, not get into that place of separation where your people did this to me, your people did that to me. It's the place of coming into when Jesus, every time Jesus met, he was always trying to bring in unity. Mm-hmm. He was always trying to bring everyone in together. Yeah. And, uh, and so, Jamie, in this moment, my friend, Let's talk about how do we move forward? How do we start this, like, moving in the edge? You said something so good yesterday. Would you talk about the prayer when you were talking about when in overseas, when they pray and, and, and what, what, what the significance? I think that's really key for right now. Again, this morning to my wife. Uh, yeah. In the, in, you know, so we spent many years overseas and working in different conflict areas. And so among Muslims, 
and populations a uh, whole another kind of interesting dynamic and in that but so Muslims uh, when they pray in the mosque they when they when they stand up to pray they you have to be touching the person next to you so there's you're my with the men so my shoulders against the shoulder of the guy on my right and left and your feet are touching their feet you have to be in physical contact with the person next to you and all the way down the line mm. if you ask them if you ask them why why you know because it's very different that, you know, than an American where you, you probably have as much space as possible as you can get, you know, in the aisle so you can spread out all your stuff. And But I asked, we asked them, like, why do you have to be touching? Where does that come from? And they said, so that the devil can't get between us, so that Satan can't get between us. And I thought, wow, that is beautiful. And so if, and, and in, in Afghanistan, in, uh, I think it's Pushtun, but they have, uh, Shona Bashona is what the phrase they have called shoulder to shoulder. It's the idea that if we're in physical contact with our brothers, nothing can get between us. And I think like Clyde, for you and I, we're just, we're trying to be shoulder to shoulder. We're trying to not allow the enemy to get between us. Um, to, that's, you know, back to Cain and Abel. It's like the enemy wants to be between you. Mm-hmm. The enemy can't make himself get between you. You have to let the enemy get between you. The enemy has doesn't have the power to separate you. You have, that's what he says to Cain, you must master it. Mm-hmm. You you are the one that says, you know what, I'm going to start agreeing that the that guy's not as good as me or not as important as me or their neighborhood's dangerous or you have to agree with that lie in order for that lie to gain power and become true, right? <clears throat> so ministers of reconciliation is not this cliche, um, hey, you know, cliche, we're sorry, you're sorry, we're all sorry, but it's like, let's get shoulder to shoulder. What does that mean? It's, it's, and it's like one of my Muslim friends in the US said, he said to me, I've been invited to lots of churches. I've never been invited to anybody's house. That's as a message to him. Like, we kind of want to know you, but not really. Right. So, so what am I, how am I doing? How am I committing that offense to people where I'm, I might march down the street with you during this, but when this is all over, I ain't never calling you again. You know, I, in your community again, I don't know how insulting that can be to a person where you give this impression that you're with them and then, because you, because you're afraid to. I know a lot. There's a lot of solidarity going on. It's beautiful. I love the outrage. And but again, my fear is like when this is over, is everyone just going to go back? You know, we're just going to see ya next time. There's a big, you know, something terrible happens. But other than that, I'll see ya. How do we? So we we have to we have to. The Lord, when we're with Christ, He's always going to be reconciling us to one another. That's what He does, right? So I can't have a deep God. What do you What do you want me to do to help fight racism in the U.S.? I know what he's going to say. <laughs> get shoulder to shoulder. Get next to get with that person who is your brother. Stop identifying people by their gender and their race and their group and their team. Right. 
what club are they in and who sponsors them? And that is a brother. And stop saying that's not my brother. That's not my brother. Oh, I, that can't be my brother because they don't vote the way I do. Or like, it's, in one way, the answer is simple, but it's so terrifying to humans. Love your enemy. God, what do we do about these enemies? Love them. Like, that's his answer. It's frustrating. That's his answer. Love them. Why? Because they're not your real enemy. Your real enemy is the lie you believe about them. That's what's killing right. them both. It's that they're less than you. They're not as good as you. God doesn't love them the way he loves you. It's that lie that separates and then the enemies right there. You know, Jamie, as you were saying that, it is, this little story, you and I have this mutual friend. His name is Ryan and his mutual friend. And we were on a call one night, one years ago. And, and this, this, this gentleman comes out of the house. And I'll never forget this. The guy comes out of the house and he immediately focuses attention on me. And he began to say every racial slur to me and, 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 and to see my, my friend Ryan rise up shoulder to shoulder and say, you will not talk to him that way. And you will. And he was he he stood and he's a believer. He is a phenomenal believer. And, and he stood up and righteous anger said, even in his capacity of in what his job is, he said, you will not talk to him. As well. So I remember we got in the car and he, and he looked at me. He's like, I am ticked off. And, 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 and you could tell that it was the protecting. It was the like, you would not talk to my friend, my brother. You would not talk. We waited for that guy. We sat and waited for that guy to come out of his house and walk down the street. And we called another friend who, who's African-American and he comes and this guy, we end up stopping this guy and, and, and we begin to, there's this conversation. And, and in that moment, as you're talking right there, in that moment, that guy, whatever happened to him, and let me tell you, he was, he was a kind of fair lightly skinned guy that was making these racial slurs somewhere down the line there was this internal conflict, this self-protect, self-promote, this anger deep down inside that he would go against that. And, and that's what is happening right now. There's this deep down that, that, that we're sharing this right now. But man, I promise you, my biggest concern is that it's going to go backwards and we won't address the issue. And we say we're standing shoulder to shoulder, but man, what does that really look like? Are you going to be in the trenches with me? Even when this is done, yeah. are you going to be in the trench? Are you going to pray? Are we going to be, are you going to invite me to your home? Not just to your church or into your home. I'm just saying this in general. A lot of people invite me to the home. A lot of people invite me to their church, but, but that doesn't happen for everybody. And, and I want to address even our people, African-Americans, you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to shoulder with the white counterpart and, 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 and move into that place of reconciliation. We can't just say, you guys got to do this. We have to. It's a both street. It's, it's a two way street. It, it's got to be that. And I know I'm stepping on some toes and, and I'll probably get some backlash. But I, at the end of the day, I can care less. We have to. It's just not a white thing right now. And it, 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 yes, it's a black and it's just this. But we've, if we're going to stay in the body of Christ, if we're going to stand together shoulder to shoulder so the enemy doesn't come in, then we must be wanting to do it together. Yeah. And, make sense? Yeah, no, and that's right, Clyde. And I agree with you. In uh, that shoulder to shoulder part, again, I'm going to keep saying this, but I want to emphasize this doesn't just mean. We're shoulder to shoulder 
at gathering, you know, at Sunday school or something. We're we're shoulder to shoulder in business. I mean, in companies, it, I, my challenge is if I'm a, if I'm a white person and I see injustice at the company I work for, will I quit my job over it? Will I stand shoulder to shoulder like that? Or will I say, wow, that's a tragedy. That's I'm against that. But I'm not going to sacrifice anything on your behalf to help that, you know, justice happen. I'm saying or when when I say this is the challenge of Jesus. He came to and, and Martin Luther King Jr. And they they laid down their lives for other people. Are we so when we can talk about yeah I'm I'm gonna apologize as a white person and I'm I'm you know I'm appalled by all this. Okay, so how do we serve? How do we serve the black community? How do we serve the indigenous community? How do we? How do I and my true identity in the kingdom of God with the things that God has given me, even if it's with three people, that doesn't matter. Jesus overcomes racism in the Samaritan city with one woman, right? Hundreds of years of racism, um, uh, patriarchal misogynism in one conversation, empowering one woman and her standing up in her true identity, going back into that community not bad-mouthing the community, but saying, I forgive you. I cancel the negative effect of your objectifying me my whole life as a woman. Right. I'm offering to you transformation. That I'm, I know where the transformation is. And whether I'm just not going to keep it for myself and screw you because you hurt me my whole life. I'm going to walk you to the one who knows everything about me and, and calls me who I really am. I'm going to walk you to that one. That's forgiveness. That's reconciliation. So, so I can, again, I can apologize to everyone, but to tell the truth, God, okay, okay, I think those people are less important than than my kids or my people. Okay, I give that to you, Jesus. He speaks back to me. Okay, let's walk in a new way in relation to them, that person. Okay, what is it? I want you to leave your job on their behalf. And you're like, oh, well, now, hold on. Hold right. Yes. Let's, Hold on. Anyway, like I'll march down the street, mm -hmm. but I'm not like sacrificing my livelihood for that person. But that's our that's our leader that did that. That's our master that did that. He left heaven. He left Bellevue or wherever the rich place is. <laughs> and he didn't leave it to go for a Saturday, you know, to help in the community. He left it to go die there. For the sake of that community that hated his guts. <laughs> that That's so good, Jamie. Because right there, I mean, it's this right there where you're talking about many people. I've heard people say this to me. I've heard other people say it around. People have come and said, man, I I don't see color. I, I'm, I'm colorblind. Jesus was not colorblind. No. Come on, somebody. Jesus was not colorblind. He addressed the woman at the well. He addressed those things. And that is an excuse. That's like, that's the worst thing to tell somebody. I don't see color. I'm not colorblind. And, 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 and I love this, Jamie, because you're hitting on some. This survey was, I love this survey was indicated that American is not moving in the right direction on the issue of race. In 2004, during the George Bush 
administration, 74% of whites and 68% of blacks thought the race relations were very good or somewhat good. But most assume, in, including uh, others, uh, that, that uh, the election of the black, uh, black president was going to change anything. As a matter of fact, it went down. It went down. We're not moving in that direction. We're not moving in that direction. We have actually gone way backwards. It's evident what we're seeing right now, right now. If you don't see that right now, I I don't know how deep you can believe your own delusion. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, the incredible thing about humans that are living in delusion, which all of us struggle with it, is it's like we were talking also about, like, you know, when we had the Columbine school shooting, Everyone was horrified, mortified. We got to get rid of guns. We got to, and we didn't. And then you have Sandy Hook and now it's little kids being massacred. Oh, we're horrified. We're mortified. Now it's like, well, there's another school shooting. Like that's how, that's how numb we become to tragedy because we think we don't know what to do. It's too big. The industry that, that runs it is too powerful, whatever it is. We have this amazing capacity to com- to cope with things and and forget about them. <laughs> right. That the only thing that snaps you out of that is tragedy, is suffering, and then in it, in the suffering, you have the opportunity to start telling the truth. Yes. And then start asking God. this is the lie I've come to believe that nobody really cares about this and it's okay. And the world's safe. My neighborhoods like that. We're not interconnected. There's a huge lie. We believe we're not interconnected. There's no interconnection between me and those people, those people. It's what we believe about the planet. I can do whatever I want. It doesn't really affect the whole planet, but it does. Genesis one told us you are connected to every part of this. And when that part dies, you're going to pay for it. We don't believe we're, we, we still have a hard time believing that what happens, what happens in one city or one neighborhood of a city affects the whole city. It's not like, well, we live on the other side of I-5, so we're good. You know, yeah, that's, that's right. what we think, or I live on that block and you live on that block and who's going to keep the block separate? The police, right? Like that's the delusional and that's a good system and that's an okay system. Like, so the way out of that system is by truth telling. And unfortunately, you know, it's usually because people die. People die. And Jamie, as you stay in there, I want you to keep that train of thought, but also like people are in this mindset. I can tell people will say, well, I'm just in this bubble. It, it goes back into that delusion. It's like, like I'm in this bubble. I'm in my space. It, it's matter of fact, let me just say how I see it. It's like the separation. I'm in my bubble. This is my fear. This is where my family. And then it's like when human trafficking got to really got to like going and kind of becoming aware and people are like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Now human trafficking is like, oh, it's human trafficking. We throw money at it. We throw money, at it, but we've got to change. It's not just, it used to be a, a the lower class, the low income, all of that that's taking place. Now 
It's hit the suburbs. And now people are like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, now we really got to do something. But why do we have to wait that long when it's in the affecting the 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 low income, the the black community? But when it hits to the suburb, it's blown up and and we just can't throw matter. We've got to create these things. And so it's this whole, I'm in this bubble. Like I, I'm in this bubble. I don't know this is happening. I'm thinking, wait a minute, how do you not know what is happening in your backyard? You're in the right vein right there. Continue with that, man. Well, no, that's, and I think, again, that's, this is how deceived we are. This is how, this is how much deception we walk in. And we, you know, it's a, it's like a fish, a fish raised in a healthy uh, fish farm, super healthy, good fish. And then you throw it in a toxic pond and it starts to die and it doesn't know why. Like, it's like, why am I dying? Because it doesn't know what water is. It doesn't a fish doesn't know what water is. It's like, it's what it's, I don't know what it's the culture I'm in. I, and so we're swimming in a lie. We're so used to it. It's been so ingrained in us. We can't tell it's there. And so we're dying from it. And we're looking around going, why is, why are our cities dying? Why is this happening? Why are, but we don't know why, because we, because we're complicit with it all the time. We're so, yeah, well, this is a good system, isn't it? Isn't, I've always been told this is a good system. And, and we're in, and the only, again, tragedy, like shock is what wakes us up. And in that, in those awake moments, you know, those woke moments or whatever they're saying, it's like, we have to tell the truth. We have a chance. Here we go. We have a chance. Tell, we have the chance. Tell the truth. Don't tell me the truth about somebody else. Listen, this is one thing about confession. You can't confess for somebody else. That's right. We intercede for other people, but you I can't say, well, I'm going to confess that your community is screwed up. That's what we do. You know, for that community, you confess for yourself. And, and you have to do it, and like we said, with the Spirit of God. Um, I, I, let me make one more point about that. but Because I think the Bible is like screaming all this to us, but we handle the Bible and God as if God is our God to do for us, for our community, you know, and, you know, right. He's whatever my political party is, that's what God is. And we, you know, we manipulate God to, we validate, I mean, humans been doing this forever, you know, God's on my team. So, but, but when you look at, when you look at the Old Testament again, and you're looking at the formation and the, and the progression of God revealing himself to humanity and all of that, and you see, you see the, the system of Pharaoh, so the Exodus, you have the system of Pharaoh, which is, a, which is a scarcity model economic system built on the back of the marginalized. There it is, right? And they didn't start out as marginalized. They were friends with the Pharaoh. But then, then it's like, hmm, like we don't want them to be in charge. There's too many of them now. They could be in charge. So we've got to... We've got to have a system that's enforced by the military, put them in a place where they're only known by production. That's how they're known. Their identity is how much they can produce. And then we'll have a whole economic system built on what can you produce for me? If you can produce a lot for me, I'll hire you. And if you can't produce a lot for me, I'll fire you. Or if you can't produce as much as they can produce, and then there's a competition. And the whole, who's a, has an identity in this? Nobody. We're known by how much we produce. Even in Christianity, what are you producing for my church? Don't just sit in the pew. You need to be producing production. What do you What do you bring? And you bring in money. You bring in people. What do you bring in? 
it's production. It's a production model. And we want the people that produce the most, right? right? And if we can get them for free, oh my gosh, then we really got a system going, you know? And if we can justify it biblically, wow, now we've got it nailed. So I can go to bed at night and feel pretty good about it. And I can be a giver. I can be a tither all in this system and I can serve God and money at the same time. And I've, I've got it all worked out and I don't really have to love my any cause I don't ever have to even see them That's like right. that thing. So, so, and the people go into bondage, into slavery, the whole system's in bondage, but, and God comes and liberates them in their lament. He liberates them, you know, and they go out and, and the gods of the system are brought down, you know, the gods of capitalism and money and, you know, God, the way God shows favor on people is by making them wealthy. That's one of our favorite sayings in the U.S. Is God? I know I have God's favor. How? I'm rich. I'm like, oh, huh? Is that is that what Jesus said? Is that how you know that you have the favor of God? Is your wealthy? <laughs> and then and then he and then we first. This is the first time you see. I, I like what um, um, Walter Brueggemann calls the free God. The free God, the, the, not the God that's manipulated by people to, to be the way I need him to be, to, to enforce the rules I want. He's the free God who wants a free people. The free God who has mercy on who he will have mercy, he tells Moses, over free people. Not the God of I manipulate you, I do this, you have to do this. The God that's that's my animistic God to, to put forth my prosperity and my well-being above everybody else not that god the free god and the free god takes them out and this is what he says about them here's what i want you to do with me oh you want us to produce for you no you don't want us to like produce things for you work for you you know no i want you to be with me that's what i want i want you and me in complete freedom because you want to and i definitely want to because i love you and i made you I want to be with you and I want you to be as close to me as you can. And I want to cut away from you all the lies you believe about yourself, me and the world around you. So good. Here's the ceremony of how we're going to remember that sin is waiting at your door. That's right. And there, here I am, I'm right here with you. And, that, and then he institutes the governance in that, in that governance system with the year of, with the years of Jubilee system, which is an amazing system of, Every seven years, everyone's debt free. Everyone's free. Every seven years, everyone's free. Can you imagine that kind of culture? Everyone's free. No standing military. No standing army. Can't have a standing army. You're kidding. Who's going to protect us? God? Ha, 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 ha. That's funny. No, God. Yeah, God's going to protect us. And, and if we do have to go to war, it, everyone, every level of this culture will have to agree. Every. Yeah. Every farmer, every not just some king is going to say we're going to war for the good of the country because we're in a scarcity model economic system. It's like I got to go out into the field and get th this group of farmers to come die for what we're going to go to war for. And if that happens, you will win. If they will come, you will win. If they won't come, you're in big trouble. So no standing army, freedom, no debt. That's right. Mm. That's, and, and then to to, to keep it going, you have to have a prophet. The prophet's job is to walk around the culture all the time going, hey, this people's being marginalized. You're marginalizing these people. Wake up. Correct this system or this thing's going to blow up. 
he and so the prophet's job is to critique critique and all the time and who does he critique the leadership right to the leadership hey how come you guys are ignoring the widows and the orphans over here how come you're ignoring the black community how come you're ignoring the indigenous community like that's the prophet's job what do what do leaders do with prophets you kill them that's what you do you can't have that descent in a scarcity model self-protection system you can't have right. that. and so you kill them and then uh so and then solomon takes it back he takes it away from the mosaic system and he puts it back into standing army tax systems indentured servitude harems he takes it all back into the old model of production and scarcity and down the drain they go right and so for our country our prophets have been screaming now we have the holy spirit which is our internal prophet the internal prophet every day is saying to me jamie you're a racist or whatever he's critiquing and 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 energizing here's the way right. not to be that that's still good you are afraid of this people here's a way not to be afraid of them but what i do and paul says it don't don't grieve and quench the prophet come on but we do we shut that prophet down because we don't like prophets because they're because they critique but they always energize. And so we shut that prophet down. And how do we, we have to go to places where that prophet can't talk about those people or that group or whatever. Right. So internal prophetic voice is saying to me, you know, lead, teach, like, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. What do I do with this person? What did Jesus do with them? Like we have to move away from that. Otherwise we have to be shoulder to shoulder, right? We have yeah. to, yeah. and we can't, get to this point that we're at today so confession is truth telling i'm going to listen to the inner critic the inner prophet i'm going to listen to the prophets in our culture and we're going to turn and go the new way in energy and change the systems we're going to change the systems right like that. that's so beautiful because even being in the prophetic and and walking and helping in this i mean this is why one of the things that God said, you've got to talk in that same thing, critique, critique, go, go there. The end of prophet here, but then live in that gifting that you that I've given you, go critique and share right now. This is where the voice has got to stand and be okay. Yeah, you may be stoned in these areas, but you've got to be okay in, in, in sharing. I'm telling you, Jamie, there are some, I have some incredible friends, um, you know, um, uh, that have blessed my life. Uh, um, my good friends, uh, um, especially when I just think about the Donnellys and, and, and that have supported everything that we have done. And it just, there's a plethora of them. And they're in the same thing. They, they, they're like, they have been able to cross lines and, and, and gather people in and, and get into the groove of understanding. Okay. Let's seek to understand. Let's, we, let's seek to bring awareness to this. And I think that's where people are at. But you said something so good yesterday, and I want to, but as we conclude this, uh, and we're not going to, we're going to come back and do this again, because we're not going to, it's not going to be able to be accomplished. But but you said something so good yesterday, I think, where people are saying, okay, now what do we do? And you talked about having, like, the, the like sitting down, having a meal. Talk about that. Let's conclude with that, man. Well, I mean, I think Jesus shows it again. It's, it's like, and, and I think David in Psalm 23, my favorite psalm, <laughs> if you read Psalm 23, 
and this is the and and you'll see Jesus in this because John 10 is Jesus is I mean David is envisioning God Yahweh as a shepherd he's imagining the unseeable God as a shepherd and he says Yahweh is like a shepherd my shepherd and then he's and okay so there's Yahweh is my shepherd and this is my question where does a good shepherd lead us where does a good shepherd lead us does a good shepherd lead us into a white neighborhood where we're all safe and have the best schools? No, never. That is not where a good shepherd would lead us. Not the good shepherd. And so David's with the shepherd. The shepherd leads me beside the, I don't ever have to be in want. I, I have enough. There it is. It's the enough model. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside the stools. He restores my soul. So the very first thing the good shepherd does is brings peace right here, right here. Peace, not fear, guilt, shame. Peace right here. Lay down, calm down, rest. Here we are in rest. You have enough. We're in rest. Okay, now, ready? In the rest, in the peace, understand who you are. Understand who I am. Learn who I am, who you are, who, who they are. Okay, ready? Okay, you got that? Yes. Okay, now, ready to go? Here's where we're going to go. Into the valley of the shadow of death. Not like stay in the green pasture the rest of your life with your mega church and all. Not that. Tell me where you're terrified to go. Where do you think you're going to die? Here we go. Guess where the shepherd's taking you? There. That's when people, that's 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 in John, what, 6, where the disciples, the, it says many of them did not want to be associated with him because his words were too difficult for them. Because mm -hmm. he's going to lead you into your fear, your racism. Your, if, if that's not happening, you don't know what sanctification is. You don't know what being... Uh, refined by God is. He's going to take you into the places that you don't want to go, where you're afraid to go, where you deny and all that. He, he took Peter right into Peter's den own denial. <laughs> he took him straight to it and brought him out on the other side because he would go. And so he leads you to the valley of shadow of death. And what do you learn in that place? That you can self-protect and self-promote? No, the beauty is thy rod. And thy staff, they protect me. I am already protected. I don't have to self-protect. I don't have to teach my kid to be afraid of black people like or strangers or bad neighborhoods and all that stuff that we just keep. Here we go. We're just going to pile on the lie. Here it goes. But thy rat, rod and thy staff, they comfort me. But what's the key? Stay with the shepherd. Stay with them. Don't separate. Stay with them. And Oh, we make it through the fear and we make we overcome our fear of death. We're not afraid to die anymore. God, boy, I wish we could get that one right. <laughs> then it's, I could die there. I could die there. You, Jesus is like, with me, you cannot die. And so you leave, he gets you past the fear of death, Hebrews chapter 2. And you don't have the burden of the fear of death anymore because he died. And then oh, finally we're free. Where are we? We're at the dinner table. We're at the supper, the feast table with who? Your enemies. There is where he's leading you, right to the table of your enemies. Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're teaching? Come and on, yeah. Because you know why? They're not your enemy. That's the lie, that they're your enemy. You, they're not your enemy. We're also not against flesh and blood. And so then you go into John 10, and there's the shepherd himself. I am Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I come in. I'm the one that comes into the fold. And what do I do in the fold? I lead you out. Where? Into the world. 
to your enemies through the valley of the shadow of death into a lost world in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Why are you all staying in the fold? I have sheep in other folds. I have lots of folds. You aren't the only one. And I'm the good shepherd leads you out. And so where does the good shepherd? Right to the dinner table with your enemies. And if right. you want reconciliation and you want brotherhood, you need to be at the table in your house with your enemies, whoever that is. That's the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so beautifully said. And, and looking at Psalms 23, one of my favorite passages and really understanding and that is sitting at the table and 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 enjoying one another. That that's the beginning. Psalms one thirty three. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity at the table. Right. Then the, Acts chapter two. They, they set a table. They broke bread. They they sat together. The presence of God can be in the place. The presence of God can be in at the table. That's reconciliation. And, and and I was sharing with a friend. She, she may be on here. I was. She was saying, "What do I? How do I talk?" She's one of our board members, and she was like, "I said, bring your daughters together." I said, because at the end of the day, I said, if your daughter, one of your daughters, who's she's single, and I said, she brings a black man home, you guys will be okay with it. And and, and and but your family may not. You but but if you train them, I said right now, start telling your children, walking through through this process. What I learned from you, you're never alone. You are never alone. Teach them, but help them understand. Bring them up to the speed where we're at in the kingdom way. Man, guys, I tell you, this has been such a fruitful conversation. And um, thank you so much for tuning in. And to all my friends, I, I want to share this with you, all my friends that are there. You, you've tuned in and you, you, you uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you to all my, 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 my good friends, white counterparts, my good friends. I thank you so much for, number one, uh, accepting me and, and seeking to understand me today. Number two, Thank you for, for, for us doing life together. And number three, thank you for um, you being aware now and that you want to move in the direction to bring reconciliation to our world. We may not be able to do it all, hit it, but man, we can sure add just a little bit of value in this. And, 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 and on top of that is don't make excuses. Choose today that I'm not gonna make an excuse I don't understand. I don't know, but I want to learn and I want to, I want to get in that place. And don't just assume, ask that person. Like it doesn't mean, come ask me. I'll share you my word. I'll tell you what, come ask. But I want to say to all my friends, you know who you are. And if I say all, I'm telling you, I love you so much from the bottom of my heart. Jamie, you, my, my, my buddy, yeah. my mentor, I just, man, I just love you and Donna so much and just incredible. And uh, thank you for, responding man and uh, um, <laughs> and responding back and, and and saying sure and I didn't know what what to expect and uh, and uh, I just really appreciate this conversation with you today and uh, you, you mean I mean you mean the world to me and, and blessing to get me where I'm at because I can tell you honestly if we've never crossed paths and there are so many people are telling us we got to meet we got to talk and if we never cross paths, I don't think I will be talking about this today. I will be silent. And, and when I'm silent, I'll just agree to everything. And so thank you so much, my friend, for pulling this out of me. This is brotherhood. This is iron sharpens iron. This is um, this we're, we're doing what we're talking about, right? This is we're doing it now. We've got to do, do this in our communities. Yeah. 
Yeah. Guys, I want you, my buddy, Jamie, his uh, um, website is up front. There is identity exchange. They do some incredible, incredible, incredible things with identity. A lot of the things I've been teaching on the mandate of my life is to help people in identity transformation. And even to the fact that <clears throat> we are taking a step of faith, this because it's what they have helped me understand identity. We're actually going to be doing, be broadcasting on the now network that reaches over 56 million cable, uh, 56 million people with cable TV and 180 million uh, folks around the world. And we call it identity. We call it identity, identity transformation because we. This is so valuable. I mean, you can be in the church but don't know who you are. Yeah. And it's a very dangerous thing. And so um, this couple has uh, been very, very incredible. So check out their website. Um, I would say if he had a book, he's been working on a book for forever. <laughs> uh, and it's coming out. And uh, so, um, Jamie, do you have any last remarks, my friend? Anything else you want to share? No, I, you know, I, I actions speak louder than words, right? So, I mean, just from the white community, actions speak louder than words. So let's, yeah. let's get, let's get shoulder to shoulder. Amen. Guys, we'll make this um, broadcast available um, um, later on in the afternoon and um, share it um, and um, be prayerful. And I'm telling you right now where things are in our society, um, we got a long ways to go. Um, but, uh, and, and we can pray, but like Jamie said, action speaks louder than words. Your word is your bond. If your word is, if you don't respond to your word, then your word is no good. And so I'm telling you, my friends, step in it. Let's go together and let's climb together. So take care. God bless you. And we appreciate you tuning in to City Awakening live show. Take care. God bless. My